0: is Country Today podcast. I'm here with my good buddy and partner, Dusty Moats. Dusty, how you doing today? And I am fabulous, but don't tell anybody somebody'll ruin it. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> uh, we've got a fantastic guest with us, Taylor Sweeley. But before we jump into talking with her, I wanted to thank our wonderful sponsors who we could not do anything without, our Watson Boots making some of the most fantastic boots out there right now. Texas Select Beverage Company, creating non-alcoholic beverages, beers, teas, lemonades, all that good stuff. Um, And if you ask Dusty, the root beer is probably one of the best ones out there right now. Um, Then of course we've got Sharp's Supply Leather Company, Josh Sharp, creating all the fancy guitar straps that you see Josh Ward and Dusty Moats and a bunch of other people wearing. And then, of course, smithmusic.com, the pioneers in music marketing and music distribution, not to mention, founded by Rick Smith, the original idea maker of the Live at Billy Bob's album. So um, with that being said, Taylor, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, y'all. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, cool. Well, you're pretty new to the scene. so I'm very new. Tell everybody about you. Like, just give us a little quick rundown who you are and where you're from and and all that yeah. you
1: Yeah. Well, how I like to start my shows off is I'm a Jesus-loving firefighter's wife and a mama who's chasing a dream called country music. So that's my intro. That's me. I'm just a stay-at-home mom that's trying to make it in the country music industry.
0: I gotcha. Well, uh, so are you originally from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, or it, what? I'm not. Okay. I
1: grew up in Georgia. Uh, I always claim Georgia. I'm a Georgia girl. Um, we moved here when I was 15. My dad's job moved us here halfway through freshman year of high school, so that was not fun. Um, but ultimately, I came to Texas and been here ever since so it's been about 15 years now and um lots happened since then but happy to be a texan now
0: right well dusty what do you, i mean i'm sure you you guys were talking before we even hit the record button so well you know
2: if Brian i well i'm notorious for being the overtalker so i'm just trying to be polite and sit here <laughs> i'm just kidding you know so d- dude i i First off, man, your single's amazing. Uh, amazing. And I know we kind of talked a little bit. I know we talked a little bit about what we we're going to cover. I think um, you you recorded it at one of kind of the renowned studios in Texas. There's multiple that are amazing. But, you know, you were at Panhandle. Um, yeah. It was with Taylor, right? It was Taylor, it was Taylor. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about that experience. You know, with you having only one single out, not really doing something ever. Tell me how that was going in there and working with a a studio of that caliber.
1: Oh, my gosh. It was so cool. And how it all happened was so organic. I actually, and while Taylor was there, he was actually the mix engineer that day. Um, So he wasn't actually my producer. My producer was Nick Lee. He's very well known um, in the industry. He's a guitarist. He's actually Ryan Bingham's lead guitarist right now. Um, but I met him when I was looking for a guitarist for a show and we kind of hit it off and he's like, Hey, if you ever need anybody to produce your stuff, let me know. And so I was like, well, I actually have been working on one song. It's the first song I've ever written. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I made a voice memo. Do you want to hear it? And so he listened to it and he's like, uh, yeah, let's, let's go in the studio and, and cut it. So that was literally all I gave him, was just a voice memo. We went into that recording studio. He had it already, like, figured out how he wanted it to sound musically. And the band was there already. They did their thing. And then it just came to life, and it was the coolest thing. And I remember saying, okay, I'm ready to do 10 more songs now.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's funny how that works, right? Um, oh, so, love it. So- Out of your out of that, so you just talked about a really gigantic, huge experience. If you you were to tell me your favorite, and so, and the reason why I ask this is because um, we all have things that we like about doing this, right? Um, Yeah. Out of all that big conglomeration of stuff that you talked about, what did you like the most about that whole thing? What was your favorite part of it? I think
1: just the recognition of. Okay, I can write a song by myself. I never grew up thinking that that was going to be in my wheelhouse at all. Never tried. And I was actually begging other people to help me write it because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Surely this is not good. Like, can someone help me? And everybody was like, no, you don't, you don't need it. It's, it's good as is. So I think that that's what I really took away was like, okay, well, now I need to be writing all the time now.
2: Well, lyrically, it's got a clever hook, you know. With "Why Not" is actually a clever hook. There's some. There, it, I'm a huge fan of '90s country music when dude hooks were like glory, right? So, yep. every song had something that was kind of a hook. And so, it, it's 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 what I love about what your producer did with it. You took a kind of a '90s style writing and modernized it to some extent, but it's still country. You know, a lot Absolutely. of times, a lot of times what you see is um, producers taking it really overboard a little bit and trying to modernize it to the point where, you know, Texas really isn't Nashville. And we I learn this more and more every day, right? With my interactions with charts and with radio stations. And so mm-hmm. um, I, it is cool that you can find those, those things. You don't play guitar, do you?
1: I don't, I don't play anything. Um, but But that is something that I do wanna commend my producer on was I told him, 90s country is my style. That's that's what I'm wanting to bring back. And so he really did a great job of capturing that 90s country sound.
2: You know, after being in the studio and having a producer, did you feel like there were some things that... And this is, no, this is actually funny because while you're in the middle of the experience, you're bewildered, right? You're kind of oh, watching yeah. this song come to life from the drums to the bass. Um, did you feel like at some point after it's all said and done, did you feel like you'd have some thoughts or inputs that you might've done something a little differently?
1: Well, I definitely still contacted him a lot afterwards. Like we went through several mixes and I was like, "Hmm, I don't like how this sounds, let's fix this. And so I don't know if that's necessarily something I needed to do like in the actual studio, but I definitely gave my input. And that is something I'm normally a people pleaser in my life. But with music, with my music, I can say
2: what's on my mind. And well, and so it's interesting, you know, everybody kind of looks at things differently. And I think the reason why I ask that question is, is, you know, I'm kind of weird, even though I've got years and a wealth of experience. My approach is is you collectively and that bunch of guys that I generally work with, there's three or four hundred years of music experience. And what am I going to tell them um, Mm -hmm. that? They can't figure out. Now I, I'll throw some vibes down. Hey man, something similar to this is what I heard. And then they come up with something, but some artists, and this is kind of where I was going, like direction, even though you don't play an instrument, you can hear or feel instrumentation in the way things go. I, did you coach any in that, in that circumstance? Hey man, the intro needs to kind of feel like this or, or what turnarounds look like. You know what I mean?
1: No. Now that he, he did all on his own. And those were that's great. Awesome. That's
2: not something he felt I felt great about it. Right.
1: Oh yeah. 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 No, no critiques on that. My critiques were mostly like my own vocals, <laughs> which we only, we did that last. I don't know if that's normal, but I think that we is, ended up. Is with all, it is. Okay. So we only ended up with like 30 or 40 minutes to cut those. And I think I sang it through like maybe two or three times. And that was, that was
2: about it, but I was like, are we sure? I don't need to do this more, so. Well, and so sometimes what they, they, they studios nowadays are doing what they call, I'm sure you heard this called vocal comping, right? Yep. Where they go yeah. in and you'll sing through it multiple times and uh-huh. they pick and they merge all those parts together that they found, you know, the that cor- that. Is, so here's something for you. You'll appreciate this. One of the reasons why they do that in studio is because Man, a lot of times it's a song you may not have played out live or you've never played before. Mm-hmm. And so you're wanting to get the best delivery. What I found with my own music, and you'll probably see this too, my delivery changes. Because mm-hmm. as I become more comfortable with the song, how I see it or how I feel it. And, I, and the vocal yeah. comps, man, are cool. Having, doing, only doing it two or three times and hearing the way that it came out, man, that that's definitely a demonstration of talent. So oh, I'm glad to see, um, glad to see that, that, that that was a cool experience too. Some people oh, anguish yes. in the vocal booth, like anguish, oh, man, right? I love and I, hey, I've experienced anguish, like okay. had allergy problems or been sick oh. and, and you can't cancel. And so you're just in there killing it. But so the the fact that your first time was super smooth, I think that's conveyed in the record too. I think the record shows there's a lot of comfort that you can feel there. Thank
1: you. I appreciate
0: that. those that don't know already that single that you guys have been talking about is why not um and that is one you wrote yourself as you were just saying and you didn't think it was good i i think it's a wonderful wonderful track i love i like the feel of it um and kind of along that lines of the recording thing so i don't have Mm -hmm. that perspective of going into the studio as a artist because that's not what i am i -hmm. i get to go into a studio and i get to see the behind the scenes stuff and see artists do their thing um and to say, see you say that you were comfortable with that i let's that's, that's something i wouldn't be comfortable with <laughs> i dusty i've sent dusty some of my horrible like recordings of things that i've done and i i, I can't even sing with headphones on because i can't stand to hear my own voice uh feedback into my ears so what was that like because i don't i don't know if you've ever sung with like with headphones on things like that and obviously in a studio there's not a lot of delay in between that but um what was that like
1: yeah that that was different I had to ask how to even put them on if that's something (laughs) that was a new thing but they had me just keep one ear off Mm -hmm. and then one on so it was fine for me I didn't really
0: think anything of it Kind of to rewind a little bit here. At age fifteen, you moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Had you already been playing mute or singing music then, or how did the whole music career start?
1: Well, career-wise, that didn't start until a little later in my life. But singing has just been me. That's been a part of my life since I was two. I think um, my mom took me to a kinder music class, and it's like a little mommy and me thing. And um, I actually full circle, take my daughter to that class now. And, um, so she wrote in my baby book actually, that they went around and had all the babies like sing this certain part. And when they got to me, I did it on pitch and all the moms were just like, Oh my gosh. And so she wrote in my baby book that day that I would be a singer. And it just, that just stayed with me. I performed for them my whole life. We would video, send it to my grandparents, uh, then eventually would sing in church. Um, I did a couple Christmas musicals and then our pastor in Georgia actually asked if I would be on their praise team as a 12-year-old kid. And that was that had never been done before. It was just an adult-only four-person praise team. And so that was that really touched me that my pastor had like seen something in me to ask me to do such a thing. So I think from that moment on, I was just like, I think this is my calling. And so I just never stopped. True. Sure. <laughs> but well, as far as like career-wise goes, I was probably 21, 22 when I started to gig around Texas. Um, and, and when I say gig, it's just like little openings here and there. And I was just a cover artist at the time. But I got to open for some pretty cool Texas country artists. Um, Daryl Dodd and whiskey myers whiskey myers was my first before they were ever huge but um those were some cool things that i was like oh wow well this was cool and i to do this for the rest of my life and then i took the last two years off to stay home with our baby and then wrote this song and now i'm back out there
2: so, so what cool. was the deciding factor for you to actually jump back in and and to jump in and record you know because man that it seems like It sounds like you're doing some cover music, but what made you to actively, you know, decide to, because, you know, this business is a cutthroat business. It's interesting. And and I mean, and I'll I'll share this with you right now, right now in Texas, there is more original music out to Texas radio than there ever has been in a given 30 day period. We're talking like 40 or 50% more. So it's like almost double. And so there's lots of people that are diving into this marketplace. And I know you're more of a Nashville style artist. That was one of our, part of our conversation. But the reality is, is you're in Texas. So you're lumped in that Texas. You know, what made you decide to jump into this? Uh, Truly, I did not know what we were really getting
1: into. (laughs) That kind of came as a shock after we recorded it. And then I figured out what all is going to take to get it out there and everything. But it's something that I've just known that I'm going to eventually record songs. Like I just knew that that was going to be part of my story. As far as like timing goes, I don't know. I I feel like when I wrote that song, it just came from, I don't even know where, but I mean, it came from the situation that I'm in as a mom and as a wife and everything, but when I was showing people and I, I was hearing their response to it and how catchy they thought it was, then I was like, this is, why not? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> Why not record it?
2: <laughs> so, well, and, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting. What is your thought process and, 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 and what is your, what are your thoughts about, you know, a lot of times, and, and this is just being candid, you know, a lot of times the challenge with Texas music artists, and this is myself included, um, is, man, we're not necessarily professional songwriters, per se. We're great, yeah. and I feel like there's some things we do, but you can really sometimes tell a difference between a Texas artist's song and a song that was written by a staff writer in Nashville.
0: We've had For some sure. great
2: people on. You know, what's your take on recording other writer's songs? Because I, I, I see something you. in that, yeah. I said, would that be offensive to you? Cause you know, with this being your only song you really wrote, you know, not at but all. Think about it from that perspective. I,
1: I actually had reached out to his name is stone. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's a very prevalent writer in Nashville. Um, I reached out to him last year and he was willing to give me one of his songs. Um, but then we, my mom got sick last year, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but, um, so we kind of dropped the ball on that, but, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm happy to take songs from people or co-write. I'm like dying to co-write with people. I want to learn.
2: Well, well we were we were laughing. And with that being said, even the Nashville writers, you know, ironically, we had a couple. Gu- I was with a couple of guests. One was on this podcast, and one was on another where we had Jamie Richards on ours, which is man was a staff writer for Curb, and man mm-hmm. hasn't had any big hits. From and I say big hits, he's had his own hits, but I hadn't had any major artists record. And then the night before, um, Scott Sean White, who's got three cuts on the brand new Cody Johnson album. So we were talking about perspectives, right. And Mm -hmm. how, you know, even those guys, you know, they write a hundred songs and maybe 10 of them are worthy of recording. And one of the things you see with Texas artists in particular, they think they have to record everything. Mm. And we see that a lot, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, and so I think that we get, artistry you know uh, you can a lot of the people that have been criticizing jason aldean um for not writing his own song try that in a small town he's not I technically an artist oh uh, right. I, I, you but you see where i'm going he's not an artist because he's singing somebody else's song right so, uh, yeah, neither not. i guess ford Strait, who's really only written two of his songs that have been released he's not an artist either i guess yeah.
1: not or celine yeah, dion i don't think no, she no,
2: writes none me. of them dude no Whitney Houston. <laughs> You know, <laughs> five Davis, you know, she had a she put her moniker right on. I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, I just, I, the mentality is really interesting. And not that I'm um, criticizing Texas songwriters, I talk about this with groups of artists all the time about how it's hard for people not to do their own work or even yeah. co write. So your willingness to co write is huge too. A lot of guys oh. think, I just don't write well with anybody. Well, Oh, and that means you're, and, and and what we've seen, and and Brian can attest, some of the when 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 artists kind of do co-write, their style evolves. Things Exactly. Change, right. Yep. Yep. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. I don't no, that's right. I was sorry. just
0: going to ask the the writer you were talking about in Nashville is that Stone Eye Ellie? It is. Wait. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so Warner Chapel, and yeah. I'm guessing you met. Did you meet him when you were working with Whiskey Myers? Because that's a the same. Uh, people that whiskey's with so no no
1: yeah. I actually just cold messaged him on Instagram okay. and was like hey I'm looking to get some songs for like oh well at the time I wanted to do an EP so that's kind of how I pitched it and I said if you have a catalog I'd love to check it out you'll have to forgive me if this is not how you reach out because I, I it's probably not but he responded and was like happy to so sent me a song immediately sent me to his i guess is it a publisher
0: well yeah it it could be a could be a host of
2: a million different people to be honest (laughs) well Um, if i'm not mistaken he had he he had a single i think with kylie five kylie recorded one of his songs yeah
1: yes and then and priscilla block
2: yeah well you know here's something crazy in your own backyard taylor there are, you know, they're like, I've been, a am in a group of people that are networked down in Louisiana, man, there's amazing songwriters that are, that are, are uh, staff writers that just live here that make a trip oh, to Nashville yeah. a couple times and, and get involved in this network. That's the cool thing. The other yeah. thing that's really cool about that is if you're really interested in writing, a lot of these guys are so open to write with other people, they welcome those opportunities. So it's a great opportunity for you. Um, mm-hmm. To ride with us, so, you know, and, we and to kind yeah.
0: of a test to kind of a test to that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Dusty. No, no. Um I recently, not too long ago, went down to um southwest of where I'm at. It was um called the somerville County um, Hoot Nanny at the Somerville County Expo, anyways. I love um, that word hoot nanny. I know. <laughs> I know. But That's so catchy. at that at that show, um I met for the first time Mark Manders and Thomas Michael Riley. Uh, Kyle Park was also there and Aaron Watson was there, um, which Kyle Park and Aaron are great. But I actually had a a chance to speak with uh, Mark Manders, who lives up in uh, Frisco area now. And um, he was big on the tour. And then he took, I think, about 10 years off. And he's getting back into it himself. But one of the cool things to kind of attest to uh, songwriting, he used to host a songwriter circle um, in Dallas and uh, you know Stoney lives right up the road from him Stony used to come down to it all the time and there used to apparently used to be 30 40 50 people that would show up to these songwriting circles and Is it like a
1: songwriter round in Nashville
0: yeah, yeah. okay
1: I have been like needing to do that but I only have the <laughs> one song so I gotta and, write more
0: <laughs> so he he has been trying to um, start one back up he um, I, I don't know if what his plans are but i, I would love to link you to you two up just to to have that extra contact because you're over in dallas that i mean yeah i'm close yeah. to
1: him i'm in providence village so yeah, super close okay.
0: How um be off, with your songwriting um i heard you you tell Dusty you don't play uh guitar or anything so what's your songwriting process like
1: well for that one i just <laughs> went upstairs to our balcony um, I will say, do y'all know Coffey Anderson?
2: Yeah.
1: He, okay, so he's a good friend of mine, and we actually had a meeting last year, and during that meeting, he had thrown the name Why Not out there, and so it was actually his idea, that song, but I took it and ran with it, and the very next day, went up to our balcony, wrote it all in a day, and then just kind of looked at the lyrics and sung what I heard in my head.
0: Do you find it? more challenging than, um, not, I, you know, cause I write lyrics too, but I don't write, I can't write music to it. Um, uh, yeah. but I have guitars behind me cause I'm trying to learn guitar so I can do that. Do you find yourself wanting to learn to play guitar or piano or anything like that?
1: I wish. Yeah. I wish that I could play guitar, it would save me a lot of hassle because it's also hard to rely on a guitarist. I've had that issue several times for shows. So yeah, it would it would help me out, but I also love nails vainly enough, so I don't I don't know that it'll be part of my
0: I got, story. So one, I got one word for you, and I, I can prove that you do not need to lose your nails. It, it's Dolly stop. Parton?
2: Stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: Well, I think... Here's the other thing, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to speak from an artist's perspective, a lot of times and this, women have a really hard time in this industry anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that being able to play an instrument lends credibility to females oh, yeah. as an artist, you know, um, um and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm just being direct. It's, it's, you're it's, not it's hard because. Women are by far vocally probably more talented than men. Um, and I say that affectionately. Um, I love male voice, but women are just generally better singers. Um, but th- what you see is, you know, even Lainey Wilson plays guitar. She don't play yeah. it up there, but she plays. Miranda Lambert yeah. plays guitar. Um, Morgan Wade plays guitar. I've just named three of the top people. I, know. I, I think it's something that that you really need to think about. And I think, and also, I think, dude, it would make you um, really help you in the writing realm. Or hell, it could be piano. You can learn piano. You I know? will
1: say, I grew up playing piano. I, I played that for eight years. Um, but come to find out, towards the end of that eight years, my teacher tells my mom, well, you know, she's not actually reading the music, right?
2: She's just doing it by ear. So she's like, no. <laughs> no. And, so, you know, I, learning by year is great i I read music now
1: mm-hmm.
2: but when I started playing I couldn't read um, yeah. you know it became a tool so I'll, I'll share this with you I I talk with people all the time they are tools to be you know a professional musician you know yeah. um, I, you know I play I get hired to play lead guitar in church I learned six songs walk in play them that wasn't something I used to do um it's 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 evolving. Uh, and I think, I think for you in particular, and really want to do some songs, you'd benefit tremendously. You personally, just fulfillment-wise, too, would benefit. Totally. It's a that's the cool part about it. And I think for you, credibility—not um, that you don't have any—I'm just meaning it. Just you sit down, yeah. hey man, I can play a G chord. What, you, what, you, what you, can you? You know, yeah. I know Brian would be intimidated if you could play guitar right now. <laughs> So, well,
1: I better get me one.
0: <laughs> what, well, one of the things that I, um, I talk to, I would say probably the majority of the artists I talk to are, are younger artists, new artists, uh, and by younger artists, I mean young in their career, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have some young artists that are in their sixties. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but one thing that I can take from the, the rest of my, um, life before the Texas country music, is um, the, it's the little things that successful people do that people that aren't successful don't do that makes mm-hmm. all the difference in the world. And one of those things, if you look at the Laney Wilsons and you look at the the Morgan Wades and you look at, heck, the George Streets of the world, one of the, the things that they do mm-hmm. um, to continually better themselves, it's not like they got to where they're at and then okay, I made it. It's, I just go play live shows and go to the studio. No, they, you know, they have vocal coaches, they have guitar teachers. They, they have these extra people that push them. And, and Dusty has this too. And a lot of people may not know, but like we, I went down to Rosewood studio and uh, Drew in the studio, it took him, you know, a little bit of them going back and forth because he was doing some vocal cuts, but Drew's really good at pushing Dusty to say, no, you know, that just wasn't, that wasn't quite it. Try it again, try it this way. Try it with this little bit of uh, flip. And uh, the, you know, Dusty having that makes him an even better singer than he already right. is. He might have all the natural talent in the world, but having someone to help refine that is makes all the difference.
2: Well, totally. and that's the other piece. Well, that's the other piece too. And, and Brian's not wrong. You know, do you feel like and you're so young into this? And I mean, that affectionately, I, I love, I wish that I wasn't this cantankerous crotchety old uh, gray bearded <laughs> curmudgeon in the music business. Right. Um, I, I've just lived through a lot. So I'm, mm-hmm. and I say that affectionately, do you feel like you have mentors in your life at this point musical mentors and and what i mean and, and i'm gonna be direct that tell you if it's not good that tell you that help you that will say hey man you know yeah you sound great but man maybe you should try it this way do you feel like you have that at this point
1: i don't know i mean i would say maybe my producer was like that when he was giving me some critiques, he's like, "Let's not do this, this, and this. Let's do this. Let's try that." And I do appreciate that because it can be hard to come up with all of that on your own, anyways. And I want to hear it from fresh ears. So, yeah, I'm always open to whoever wants to give me some feedback like that. And I have done vocal lessons one time. Um, I did them a couple summers ago, and it was in preparation for an American Idol audition. and that was some of the best money well spent. I mean, I enjoyed every second of everything I learned and I got to keep all of that too. Like got to keep all of the recordings of everything and my warm ups and everything. So I would love to be able to do that again. It's just kind of a matter of, okay, well, everything costs money and my husband's already ready for me to make back what we spent in the studio.
2: <laughs> and that's-, <laughs> that's another thing. So that's another thing. You and I, sidebar, Our conversation was a lot about that. Uh, The first conversation we had. And and the sad part about it is, is is that's where the years of preparation leading up, it's not blank, I'm gonna record a song and I'm gonna be a star. I wish that's how it was. And, And you know, when I talk to you like on the front end, I know we were talking on the front end of this conversation, you've got kind of a win that you've got your TikTok established, but guess what? You still have to get out and play live shows. Yeah, and and you know, I took I I think it was you. I was telling the story about a female artist that got famous. I think it was you that got famous due to TikTok. Gets this festival gig, shows up, st- plays thirty minutes and starts to walk off, and the promoters like, oh, oh, whoa, oh, 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 she didn't have enough material to play an hour set. Oh Lord! Oh, so God. TikTok, while it's cool, it does not prepare you for the real world. Um, really and the, the real world is, I can go play for ten hours straight. I have enough material to play for ten hours. So, and Damn. that's covers. And man, probably do longer. But I've been doing this for thirty years, and yeah. and so a lot of these. Think about that TikTok superstar stuff we were talking about on the front end. Mm-hmm. It's and like your husband's talking about to make money. Here's the other hard part, is that man, the level of artists we are, um, nobody knows our music. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to play it, they, majority of the time, any place you're going to play at any point, they're going to want to hear somebody else's music that they know. Yeah. And and
1: that's all I'll have right now. Still, since I only have that one
2: original, it'll mostly
1: be covered. And
2: and you know what? You can make really good money to pay for your solo career doing that. You know? So it's just, it it just stinks, man, because it's, it's really hard. I know. So do you feel like, I know our first conversation that we had, you were like, okay, this is interesting. Everybody's got their hand out, right? Mm-hmm. You, you and I yeah. had that conversation. Feel free to elaborate on what we're talking about. Uh, you know, you recorded the single. What happened after that when you reached out to some? so You don't have to name names. I I think it's really, really important that people hear how this really goes.
1: Yeah. So I, I would say it's in the, the content curator realm is where I've had the most issues which, so it's marketing it's it's all of my digital marketing, everything that um I needed as far as photography, videographers all, all of that um I got connected to one guy and he basically totally blew us off and it, he was a no show two times um and i and I told him the first time, you know this cannot happen. I am a mom first and foremost, and it is not easy for me to take time get her situated and then drive all the way out to meet you just for you to cancel. So that was so, I was so upset by that. And then it happened a second time. And so then finally my producer was like, enough's enough. We're done with him. I had already paid him half up front. So lesson learned on that one. Um, so it took us a little bit to get it back. We did. Um, but then I found another guy, uh, a Nashville guy who owns a content business yet again. And he's worked with some awesome people like Walker Hayes and Little Big Town and all that. Um, we had an over the phone kind of deal where it was like, yeah, I'm available to you at any time. I'm I'm running out this new program where it'll be like, I'm training you. I'll like give you the resources that you need to post and give you a calendar and a timeline and all that kind of stuff. Well, then because it was nothing written down, then he decided to not be truthful and. Um, when my husband spoke with him, he, he was just not truthful, and so we ended up losing our money on that. Didn't get anything from it. So just learning the hard way on who you can trust and who you can't in this business has been eye opening and discouraging at the same time, because it's like, man, I'm I'm paying everybody. I'm like paying you up front like you asked, and I'm doing my part, and they're just not following through. So.
2: Man, that's crazy! That's crazy. You haven't even really dove into the music business itself, and you're already—I know—it's
1: into- like wow. scaring me. <laughs> I'm like, well, golly, and, and, I'm hey, listen, there's
2: uh, here. Here's the real truth, and this is—you know—there are other artists that are gonna that are gonna probably um, have similar experiences. You know, Taylor. It's it's it, the crazy part about the business itself is that man, there are people that are going to do that. You know, it's like that and everything else, but because this is a dream and this is something that man, you know, think about it from this perspective in reality, there's what five, six, seven record labels in Nashville. And they all, they have about 25 artists they represent. So you're looking out of the entire world. There's 220 people signed to a record deal. Right. And so you're, you're, they prey on that situation. Uh, and, yeah, and, and they overpromise because, and underdeliver. Well, because we're wanting it so bad, right? We're yeah. wanting it so bad, and and that's 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 a lot of it, you know. And there are great people in this business, and I think that's why creating a network is probably the biggest thing you can do—a network of people that you can mm-hmm. trust. And it's so hard when you go into it cold. The other thing is, man, is you're talking about content, so you 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 you're not dealing with. You haven't played a whole lot of gigs, right? So you're dealing mm-hmm. with people that you've kind of met, but you don't really know what kind of legs they have for sure. There hasn't exactly. been anybody you've known that's worked with them personally. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a tough deal, man. And and yeah. remember we were talking about by referral only. That's the reason yeah. why. That's the yeah. reason why. I just, I want somebody that's going to, that you had, has had an experience with me that was worthy of, of somebody referring. And so, yeah, yeah I'm sorry you're dealing with that, but uh, Hey, you know the one thing you can say you had a badass experience with 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 Panhandle because some people even have some people even have horrible experiences with with studios here.
0: Well hey there guys, Brian here with Texas Country Today radio and if you're watching this instead of listening, you're probably noticing I'm in a different shirt and I'm going to be here to tell you why. So, as you all know, if you've been editing videos or ever in the media industry or even I just deal with stuff at home. We all come across technological issues uh, every once in a while. And this week's podcast was no exception. Um, Our wonderful guest, Taylor Sweely, her phone that she was on uh, just kind of cut out, even though we were able to see her um, and talk to her all the way through the end, it did not capture the video or the audio. Um, And so this is kind of, unfortunately, where the podcast ends, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, We we were nearing the end, but there was some really good stuff that was said right there at the very end. But Taylor, um, we're going to make it up to her um, some way, somehow. We'll have her as a future guest, or maybe we'll do an interview with her uh, in the future. But um, this is kind of where the podcast ends. So I just do want to say thank you to our sponsors, our Watson Boots um texas select beverage co uh sharps supply leather co and smithmusic.com i don't know why that was so hard to get out but anyways i hope you all have a great day and uh, again i'm sorry about the abrupt end to the podcast for episode five um keep an eye out next week i think we have a double header coming up with Jarrett Reddick and david wayne baxter i'm not sure how i'm gonna put those out yet but i think we have a double header next week so um Anyway, stay tuned. Thanks for uh, checking us out. Be sure to check out Texas Country Music, Texas Country Music News as well as Texas Country Today Radio. You can download the Live 365 app or just go to live365.com, search Texas Country Today. Be sure to add it as a favorite. We are streaming some of the hottest Texas Country music out there right now. Um, And if you are an artist and you'd like to add your music, go ahead and send it over to texascountrytoday at gmail.com. Welcome to Texas country, because that's my thing, that's what I like to say, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one.